Well, hello and welcome to week number four at Summer at CCA. My name is John. Uh, so what we believe is that church is not a building, church is not an organization, and church is not a Sunday service. Church is a group of people that are on a common mission to better love Jesus, love each other, and love the world. We want to take steps to be the kind of people that Jesus actually intended for us to be. And I know for me, one of the things that I'm working on this summer is that I just want to be a less selfish and self-centered person. Uh, if you've been with us uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the analogy that it's so easy to live life looking through the microscope. You know, it's like, here's the things that are right in front of me. You know, here's my life, my worries, my concerns. But I want to have a, a bigger picture. I mean, there's just so many people in the world and so many things going on. And I want to have a heart and, and, and listen and know what's going on. Um, but what we all know is that we're not just going to like become the kind of people that just care about the needs of the world and that you just have a bigger picture and are less self-centered. It takes living into certain rhythms. And if you're watching this, then that means that you are a, a part of that. The, we believe the part of the rhythm is that you take time to learn this new way of life. Uh, but watching this video today is just one step. Uh, after this, after you watch this video, there's gonna be a list of questions. You can find them on the YouTube link, you can find them on the email, you can find them on our website. And we really want you to take time to discuss these questions with someone else. Because uh, it's when you, you talk about it and when you, that's when it really starts to move kind of from your head into your heart. And then what we really want you to do is to take time to actually give this a shot, apply it. And especially today, we're talking about the idea of spending time praying for other people to walk around your neighborhood or to work or coffee shop or uh, just make a list of people in your lives and spend time praying for them. And just amazing things happen when we spend time praying for other people, especially if you're like me and trying to move from a less self-centered way of living to a more just others, bigger way to see the world. Uh, another uh, rhythm that we try to live into is we're trying to be the most generous people on the planet. Uh, and we try to be generous in at least three different ways. Uh, one, we try to give to causes that are making a difference. There's so many great organizations and nonprofits in the world. And so we encourage you to find something that is making a big difference in the world and find ways to give to that. Uh, secondly, uh, we want to be people of hospitality. Uh, we want to be people that are gathering on front porches and in backyards and in restaurants and coffee shops and just getting together with other people and be the kind of people who are being generous to pick up the tab to help pay for uh, those things. Uh, and then thirdly, uh, we want to support what we're doing at Christ Church Albany. Uh, so it takes staff and tools and buildings and equipment to do all the things that we're doing in the community. Uh, so if you want to give to us, we really, really appreciate that. Uh, another thing I wanted to let you know about, uh, depending on when you're watching this, I know we all kind of have like different schedules and we're all watching at different times of summer, which is great. Uh, but on August 8th, uh, we are going to get everyone or as many people as we can from the church together in one place. Uh, we're all meeting in different uh, family groups or watch party groups, uh, all kinds of different uh, places this summer. Uh, but on August 8th, uh, we're going to have a worship night where we're going to get everybody together at our building just to spend some time singing together and reflecting together, praying together. Uh, and I'm so excited about this. Uh, it's going to be 7 p.m. in front of the building, 181 Western Avenue. 
very casual, bring a lawn chair, all in a big circle, and just spending some time singing together. So I encourage you to check that out. Uh, lastly, uh, I just want to spend a little bit of time uh, praying for you. Uh, today we're talking about just having this, being people that are just taking time to pray for the people around us and partnering with what God is doing in the world. And I think what an amazing thing it would be if we were just known as a group of people that were just, we, we, we cared about people, we loved people, people knew that like we cared enough to pray for them and that we were seeing answered prayer happen in people's lives. Uh, so let me pray that as we watch today, as we discuss today, as we give this all a shot, that we just increasingly become those kind of people. So let me pray. Uh, Jesus, we love you. Thank you for giving us the chance to be able to get our eyes off ourselves a little bit and on you and onto the people that are around us and how we can be a part of that. Uh, we pray that maybe we'll see miracles happen in the, the lives of the people around us as we pray for them. Uh, or maybe you will show us how we can be the answer to the prayers that we're praying for others. Uh, but whatever it might be, uh, just lead us and help us to become a, a group of people that are just taking next steps to be people that are praying for those around us. In the name we pray. Amen. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, enjoy the teaching today. So here we go, session number four. Yep. So far, up to this point, we've talked a little bit about the fact that prayer is kind of like a toolbox. And we've pulled out the tools of adoration and petition. And today, we're going to be talking about one of my favorites, which is intercession. Intercession, yeah. Now, I think that word, though, can be a little scary for some people. So I'm wondering if maybe you can clear that up for us. Sure. Well, it does sound a bit scary, but it's actually really, really simple. If petitionary prayer is asking God for our own needs, intercessory prayer is asking God for the needs of other people or other situations. Is it really that simple? It is as simple as that, honestly. It, if you want to get technical about it, one dictionary definition says that intercession means intervening or mediating uh, between two parties as the equal friend of both. So, for example, um, in the Bible, do you remember where Esther goes to the king of Persia and inter intercedes mm. on behalf of the people of Israel? She's pleading on their behalf. And one of the big promises in the Bible actually relates to intercession. You probably know it, 2 Chronicles 7, 13 yes. and 14. Classic. It's, it's, it's that one where King Solomon has just finished uh, building the temple. He spends a night in prayer, needs God to show up. God shows up and says this. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or I send a plague amongst my people, if my people, mm. who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. And I think it's significant. There's three little words in there that are so important. If, when, and then. So it's when things go wrong 
in life. Because they if. will. Right, because we always sing if things, you know, when things are going to go wrong. When things go wrong, if my people, now we tend to think that one is uh, when, that like, well, of course God's people will pray, but we all know the reality is we all tend to try 101 other things before we just turn mm. to God in, in, in prayer. So when things go wrong, if my people will pray, then God says, I'll hear from heaven, I will forgive our sins, that sort of sanctification, and I will heal our land. In other words, you could say that the hinge of human history mm. is the bended knee. When God's people bend the knee, when they intercede, God intervenes. And it's a pattern that we see right the way through the Bible and actually right the way through church history. Before every major movement of the Holy Spirit, there's a movement of prayer. What does healing the land actually mean? That's a great question. King Solomon was king of an agrarian culture. So when he's talking about you know, drought and locusts, he's not just talking about an environmental crisis, he's talking about an economic one. And so healing of the land is about transformation of society at every level. It's cultural, financial, political, ecological, and it's also about the forgiveness of sin. So it's about sanctification and holiness in the church at the same time. Got it. I think living in Ibiza, I definitely see the need for that all around me. Right. And being an American as well, I think it feels like there's so much division over things like politics or race. Right, and you may have noticed we've got one or two problems in the UK as well. Um, the, the truth is wherever you live in the world, there is an urgent need for the forgiveness of sins and the healing of the land. And that means that God's people must humble ourselves and seek God and pray for our world right now. And the great news is that this is a promise. It applies to all of us, it works. If we will intercede when things go wrong, then God will intervene and heal the land. Mm. I think about my friend Marcus Lagel, who grew up as a teenager in East Germany under communist, do you remember Germany was split in half, you know, the communist yeah, yeah. bit? And then he got caught up in the prayer meetings that started to take place in the city of Leipzig against communism and for the reunification of Germany which meant that some of his formative teenage years, surprisingly, were spent wedged in amongst thousands of other people with candles burning, people crying out to God, snipers on the roof of buildings, like medical clinics wow. set up in church buildings in case people got shot. And on the night that the Berlin Wall came down, they estimate there were up to 300,000 people praying mm. for a peaceful end to communism in, in Leipzig. One communist official in an unguarded moment the next day said to a journalist, we were prepared for every eventuality, but not for prayers and not for <laughs> candles. Wow. So this stuff really does make a difference. I think, you know, hearing those stories is, is just so, so encouraging, right? But it's also a little daunting. I mean, you've got Esther in the Bible, you've got your friend Marcus, both of them interceding and really changing the right. fate of nations. Yeah. And it leaves me wondering, like, is this stuff for normal people? Or, or is this kind of prayer just for spiritual heavyweights? Now, I feel really strongly that intercession is for everyone for a number of reasons. Firstly, because we are filled with the Spirit of God. And the Bible says that the Spirit of God is interceding for you and me in groans that words can't express. The Bible says that Jesus lives to intercede. And so to be filled with God is to be filled with intercession. 
And also, I just think intercession means that you care. Like, mm. like if you care about people and situations, you instinctively lift them to, to, to God in prayer. But why does God need us to do that? I mean, right. you've just said that Jesus is interceding for us at the right hand of the Father, right? The Holy Spirit is interceding for yeah. us as well. So it kind of feels like God's already got it all covered. Uh -huh. Why does he need us to join in? It's an incredible biblical reality that God has designed the world to work in such a way that our human wills work in partnership with God's will. In other words, things aren't just automatic and predetermined in life. Our choices really, really do make a difference. And we kind of know that, don't we, in, in, in practice. We, we can, you could walk out of here now and do something terrible and God's not gonna stop it. Or you could do something wonderful. And in just the same way in prayer, our free wills really make a difference. The, the great French philosopher Blaise Pascal said, God has instituted prayer to bestow upon his creatures the dignity of causality. Mm. I love that. The dignity of being able to cause, shape, co-create reality with God. God is the great delegator. We assume he's a tyrant, like just anything God wants to happen happens, but he actually delegates his power to our free wills in a, almost like a scary way at times. There's a, a story during the Crimean War of the 19th century, there was a Scotsman called James Matheson who would often intercede all night for the members of the 93rd Highlanders who were fighting on the front lines, many of them dying. And on a number of occasions, there in the trenches, the soldiers reported seeing somebody that none of them recognized. And there was always a, a kind of a great sense of peace around this person they saw whenever he appeared. Fast forward a little bit, it's after the war, the 93rd Highlanders have returned to Scotland and they're attending a communion service at the church in Creef one day. James Matheson, this guy who's been interceding for them, walks into the church. They look at him and gasp because he is the person wow. that they had seen in the trenches night after night. And I don't know, I mean, I know stuff like that sounds kind of freaky and weird, but it's actually a very biblical kind of a thing to happen. If you think about um, that story in Exodus 17, where the people of Israel have been attacked and they're trying to defend themselves in the valley. Joshua is, is the great military leader there leading the army. And Moses climbs a mountain overlooking the battle and he lifts his hands in prayer because that's the way that they used to intercede. And his friends Aaron and Hur hold his hands aloft because they discover that as long as Moses is praying, the Israelites led by Joshua are winning. Mm. And whenever he takes his hands down, which is like whenever he stops interceding, they start to lose ground. Mm. So it, that, it's a powerful picture of that link between what happens on the ground day to day in Ibiza, or, you know, in wherever in our lives, and how as we lift our hands as it were in prayer, we, we change things on earth. Mm. Our, our free wills really are powerful. They can release or restrict the very purposes of God. That our free wills actually are free. You know, we can make choices. We're not just like automatons, like bound to do whatever God wants. 
And I think in intercession, we bring our free wills to God and we say, here's a landing pad for your will. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come in this person or in this situation. Mm. It's like you're saying that um, I can shape the future like through my prayers, basically. And that if I don't pray, then stuff won't happen. Is that what you're saying? It's actually not just what I'm saying. It really is what God says in the Bible. There's that story, you, you may remember it, in Genesis chapter 18. Abraham uh, is kind of negotiating with God because God has seen the unbelievable oppression that's going on in Sodom, the city of Sodom. And he says, I'm going to destroy it. This isn't because God's like nasty. It's because he's seeing people being hurt and abused and just he's heard like the cries. seeing the injustice. Right. Yeah. And he's like, I just got to blow the final whistle on this place. But Abraham, his nephew Lot, is living in that city. Mm. Often we intercede, we care because we know people in places, right? And, And so he begins to cry out to God, please don't destroy this city. And it's like he haggles God down. It's the most amazing story. And eventually... He, he says to God, if just 10 righteous people left in the city, please spare it. And God says, OK. Mm. So we do see that our free wills really are free. We actually can make choices in prayer and somehow partner with God. He says to Adam and Eve, look, you can do anything you want, but just don't eat the fruit of that tree. And then they say, not your will but my will and eat the fruit and in that moment that we call the fall every sin and sickness every cancer comes into creation and we live with the devastating consequences of it to this day so when we use our free wills to do the exact reverse of that curse when adam and eve said not your will but my will when we say not my will but god's will that releases blessing It breaks that whole vicious cycle. And so instead of sin and sickness and suffering coming into our world, through our choices, we see healing and hope and love come into the world. It's Mm. it's kind of as powerful as that. Prayer isn't about trying to get God to say amen to what I want. Mm. Prayer is about me saying amen to God's will Mm. for my life with my words, with my vocabulary, with my relationships, with everything about me. How do I work out what God wants and then say amen to it with the way I live? Mm. So I get that this is biblical, Mm -hmm. but I think it also still does feel a little lofty. Is there a way you can give us maybe an example from your own life of a time that you interceded for something and saw God do something? Yeah, I, I think this happens all the time for Christians. God answers prayer for other people, other places. Just like we're running Alpha right now in our church. And a couple of nights ago, we had loads of guests and we have our prayer room under where Alpha takes place. And we always have a bunch of people interceding as Mm. the course is going on. And it's amazing how often they discern stuff and pray into stuff that then later the group leaders go, yeah, that's exactly what was was going on. I, we, we definitely see a, a connection. We wouldn't want to do Alpha if we didn't have the prayer thing going on. Or um, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to a member of our church called Jonathan, who's not like some big prayer warrior guy. He's, he works in, in London, in the city. He, he was just telling me he'd gone in very early to work for a meeting near Parliament back in August, on August 14th. And as he walked the streets, 
he was remembering how we had a terror attack on, in that part of, of, of London last year. It was terrible, 50 people um, were, were injured, five were killed. And as he thought about it, he just became really, really troubled and began to pray for protection and safety on all the people like walking the streets and the offices around and parliament and so on. And it was so strong that he actually ended up walking in those streets for an hour, wow. praying and thinking, is this crazy? Like what's going on? Why do I feel so troubled? It's not something he'd normally do. By 7.30 a.m., he ran out of stuff to pray about, checked into a coffee shop, sat down to drink coffee. Seven minutes later, a terrorist drove into pedestrians just 100 yards from where Jonathan was sitting. And obviously, we'll never know whether you know, his intercession had that direct sort of impact. But what we do know is that in the previous attack last year, um, there were 50 injured and five killed. This time, there were only three people left with very minor injuries, no one killed, and there just happened to be an ambulance driving right behind the terrorist's wow. car. So people got attention instantly. And what's more than that, CCTV footage revealed that the terrorist had been driving those very streets for the hour before the attack and had almost certainly driven past Jonathan, who was interceding against that attack. Wow. And then it gets more amazing because then Jonathan's wife, Linda, said to me that morning, she was woken early at home. She said, I never wake up early, but I woke up early with this sense, I need to pray for Jonathan's protection on his way to work. And so uh, you can think that's coincidence if you want, but I think that's how God often uses us to intercede to make a difference. I think there's um, a story, right, about you guys praying for rain in Ibiza? Yeah, close to home for you, obviously. Yeah, that was, that was in the early days. And that's a good example of intercession. It was actually really scary. The, 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 the kind of chaplain of one of the churches on the island said to us, can you guys please pray for rain? Because Ibiza, Mediterranean island, but it was in major drought. It was the summertime. And I remember thinking, oh no, that's a really big prayer. That's a huge prayer. Right, and people can go, Either it did rain or it didn't. It's measurable. <laughs> but we had to do it because it asked us. So we all like raised our hands. We cried out to God for it to rain. Not a lot of faith, if I'm honest. And I still remember getting into the car to drive back down the, the, the mountain to where we were staying. And the first splats of rain hitting the windscreen. And, you know, you put your windscreen wipers on and it's like mud on the thing at first. And just then my phone went and it was a text message from one of our mission teams in St. Petersburg, Russia. Uh, someone was sitting in a prayer room there and they had a scripture, I think it's from one king, saying, God says, I will send the rain. Mm. So, I mean, the timing was incredible. By the time we got back to where we were staying, it, there were floods. Wow. And I remember some of the team climbed onto the flat roof of the house and did this weird rain <laughs> dance thing. And then I'm just thinking, because I'm always wanting to find a rational answer. I'm like, maybe that was just fluke. But we checked the records and we found out it hadn't rained that heavily in Ibiza in that month since 1976. Wow. So if it's coincidence, it is a pretty remarkable one. And actually the British media later called it a, a miracle. Hudson Taylor, who's the great apostle to China, he said this, we must learn to move man through God by prayer 
alone and that's the power of intercession mm. so what do we do if we feel like you're just not at that level yet right. right so you're not at the level where your prayers are changing the weather or stopping terrorist attacks you're just praying for your neighbor's cat that stuck up a tree or something mm -hmm. like that like how do you get from that level to the kind of intercession that you're talking about okay four practical steps the first one is this get informed engage with the facts um, whether it's the needs of your neighbor the name of the cat up the tree or the problems that are going on in another country phone a friend say how can i pray for you today get to know people at work so that you can actually pray for them beyond just the office gossip sign up for news updates from ngos that you want to support so just the facts your friends get the data get informed secondly get inspired Engage God's word. What's God saying about this person or this place, this situation? Maybe there's a promise in scripture that you can claim. So you're not just praying randomly for some person at work, but God, what are you saying here? Mm. So that's the second thing, get inspired. The third one is get indignant, okay? Love that word. Yeah, just get fired up, engage your own heart. Allow the things that break God's heart to break your heart too. Feel this stuff. I guess it's kind of outrageous when God wants something to happen in a particular personal place and it's being resisted, it's not happening. That's, that is outrageous, isn't it? Because God's will should be done. And so intercessory prayer can often be quite forceful, quite passionate. Finally, having got informed, got inspired, got indignant, get in sync. Get in sync in, with other Christians. Engage the saints because it's more powerful to intercede with other people. Jesus says that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it'll be done for you by my Father in heaven. And, and that's why this word amen is actually such a powerful thing to say. It's not just like a formal religious way of signing off at the end of a prayer time. It literally means I agree with what's been said. Let it happen. I love that. It's so helpful. So we're going to get informed, right. get inspired, yep. my favorite, get indignant, yes. and get in sync. Get in sync. Why don't we pray? Let's do that. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, God. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we just pray right now for, for people who are just in pain, God, and we pray that you would break into their situations, God. Lord, break our hearts for the things that break yours. Jesus, teach us to pray. Amen. Amen.
underneath the weight of expectation. Hold on to me. Hold on to me. Hold on to me when it's too dark to see you. When I am sure I have reached the end. Hold on to me when I forget I need you. When I let go, hold me again. I could rest here in your arms forever. Cause I know nobody loves me better. Hold on to me. Hold on to me.